Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Magmasunas. How is everybody doing? I'm doing great. It feels good to be back, guys. I haven't recorded since November 1st, and I'll tell you, it feels like I've been gone for like a month. I hope all you guys have been doing great out there. I know we have a lot of catching up to do. Got some Turtles 2 to talk today. We got some movie news to talk. We got some music news to talk, and then we got some concert news to talk since, you know, I went to my big adventurous concert, and whether you like the band or not, it's still a pretty cool story of everything that happened, so I'm going to get into that, and uh, some other exciting news that's going to be happening in the future, so I am pretty, pretty pumped, and let's go ahead and get right into the movie and music news. Alright, so in movie and music news, I know it's been a while since I talked some, so here's kind of the uh, cool things that I've been keeping track of, which is pretty awesome. Okay, so Elizabeth Shue. Love Elizabeth Shue. You know, Karate Kid, obviously. You guys know it's my all-time favorite movie. Love Elizabeth Shue. Daniel Sun's girlfriend. She is going to be joining the cast of CSI, the uh, Las Vegas version. Now, my CSI that I like to watch is Miami because it's cheesy with David Caruso. I just flip and love that show. I don't ever watch the first version because after Grissom left, it kind of went downhill. You know, I love Lawrence Fishburne. I watched a couple episodes. I just wasn't digging it too much. And now Ted Danza, who currently replaced 
Lawrence Fishburne. She is coming along to play opposite Ted Danson uh, next year. So if you are a fan of that show or a fan of Elizabeth Shue, make sure you go ahead and check that on out. So I'll go ahead and give it a shot. Give it like, you know, one or two episodes to kind of see how things are going and uh, and kind of take it from there. Now, have you guys seen the uh, banners to the Avengers? Uh, they just came out recently. They're pretty cool. It's got Iron Man on there. It's got uh, Captain America. And let me just say, I finally got to watch Captain America and Green Lantern. If you didn't uh, see on the Facebook page, I just put my reviews up on there for what I thought of the Green Lantern, which I like the Green Lantern a lot more than a lot of other people did in Captain America. I fully agree with uh, with pretty much everyone's review on that. I gave it five stars because it was by far the best Marvel movie I had ever seen. Chris Evans was spectacular. I loved the, the timepiece. I'll tell you, all those 1940 cars and all the uh, destruction done to them, I was kind of like, wow. That's crazy, you know, for the amount of money they probably had to spend to find those cars. If it was actually someone actually owned those cars and they blew them up, I'd be kind of pissed off, you know what I'm saying? But hopefully they got a lot of good money for compensation. But anyways, Captain America was excellent. I really, really loved that movie. I thought it was amazing. Uh, it got me so stoked for the Avengers, especially um, how it ended. And then the after credit sequence was pretty amazing. So I enjoyed Captain America and Green Lantern. I thought it was really good. I had a good, fun time with that movie. Okay, now today was the release of the Expendables 2 poster. Well, at least maybe not today, but I saw it today. And it looks flipping awesome. We got Sly on there. We got Schwarzenegger. We got Bruce Willis. We pretty much have everybody except Jet Li on the poster. Uh, we have Van Damme on there, Chuck Norris, which is pretty flipping amazing. So I am super pumped. Now, um, Schwarzenegger and Willis filmed for three days versus the first time it was only for one day. So if they only film three days worth, I'm thinking they're going to be in the film for maybe about 20 to 30 minutes, I would assume. All I know is they're getting more screen time than they did the very first time around. So I'm excited either way to find out what we get as a final product. So I'm pretty pumped up for that. So uh, another cool thing. I saw the trailer to Journey 2 or... Another AKA title would be Journey to the Center of the Earth 2. Now, the first one starred Brendan Fraser, and it was in 3D. Uh, good movie. I enjoyed it. You know, the 3D was kind of bad. But then again, I watched it on DVD at home with the 3D glasses. But uh, I, I had a really fun time with that film. Now, part two uh, is the obviously the sequel, but Brendan Fraser is not in the film. The kid is returning. But taking over the role, which is playing a different part, is my boy Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which is pretty cool. Now, here's the thing. When I watched the trailer, I was a little worried because I'm like, oh, great. Oh, you're going back to family film. Okay, we all know that you started off doing action films. It was good times. Uh, the game plan, that's cool. That was a really good family Walt Disney film. I really enjoyed it because it was Disney enough to appeal to kids, but it still was, you know, for adult-wise, it was pretty entertaining. 
But Tooth Fairy, I mean, that was horrible, horrible film. I mean, even I know he phoned that in. Even I could tell he wasn't having a good time making that film. Which is why he fired that company because that company, CAA, constantly was getting him family roles. And he didn't want to do that anymore. He wanted to go back to action. And obviously, going and making Faster and then Fast Five. Fast Five made $685 million for the box office. And then he... Uh, He's making uh, G.I. Joe 2, so he's going back into the action and, and people are appealing to it. You know, I have been enjoying Raw recently because I, I don't watch wrestling unless he's on there. And when I watch when he's on there, it's amazing because of the fact of uh, he's so flippin' entertaining. And you know, on, on Twitter, he has this new thing called Boots to Asses. It's this thing where when he's pumping up or getting ready in the gym, team bring it will bring boots to asses to whatever the problem is whether it be cancer to you know school any kind of problems you have you got to have that positive attitude and that's the whole the whole concept of team bring it and the boots to asses kind of thing so last week on raw he was on because this sunday he is fighting for the first time in seven years with john cena and of course it's at madison square garden it's actually the anniversary of him coming to wrestling because when he started it was at survivor series which is the whole point of why he's coming to survivor series which is that also uh was the anniversary of him winning at madison square garden so it's a lot of you know full circle kind of things and uh, I was really pumped watching watching Raw. And he was talking about making G.I. Joe, how he was driving around this big old tank all day, but he couldn't wait to get to Raw. And I'll tell you, the last 15 minutes was amazing. It was false advertising. They did this thing where it was, uh, you know, Raw gets rocked, and it's three hours. And they make you think Dwayne's going to be on it for three hours, which he wasn't. He was only on for uh, for actually 20 minutes. He came out in the middle where he gave the rock bottom to Mick Foley, which is pretty awesome. And then at the end, he did his thing, and the crowd went crazy. It was amazing. And um, so I was super pumped to see that. And I'm really curious how Sunday is going to go because of the fact of, all right, he is an actor, how, but he is he's very physical. You know, he works out all the time, so I know he can take a beating. I'm just curious how this Sunday is going to play out, uh, if he's going to, you know, how much because he did a lot of physical contact on that Monday man he was beating the crap out of those two guys it was pretty cool and of course I know wrestling's fake it's just entertainment but I'll tell you Dwayne is the best when it comes to entertainment I'll tell you and uh, I really was excited to see how this Sunday's going to play off because what happened you know being an actor can he get hurt you know because he's got to go fly to go film G.I. Joe and uh, then I just found out he got um, a new movie gig. It's called The Monster Hunter Survival Guide, where he's basically going to be like Van Helsing. He's going to take out werewolves and vampires and yetis. And it's a series of books. And people are so pumped up about the fact that he's going to be in this film. Just because, you know, Doom, Doom was, you know, a lot of people hate that movie. I can watch and have a good time, but I know it's pretty much crap. But it's kind of like a really bad horror movie. But this sounds like it's going to be the horror movie everybody wanted him to see him in. So it's just great to see my boy back in action. And in regards to Journey, I know I kind of segue off there a little bit. I was a little worried it was going to be too Disney, you know, too family friendly. But after watching the trailer, which is pretty cool, Michael Caine, the Michael Caine, you know, from Batman, you know, Alfred, he is in this movie. And I was like, well, anything Michael Caine is in is usually flipping rocks. 
So I watched the trailer. I was pretty happy because it looks to be action adventurous, which is what I definitely want to see because that's what he does best is action adventure uh, and less too fairy. So so good. Uh, if check out the trailer, give me your thoughts. What you think of how Journey Two might be? As long as it's just as good as the first one, I'll be entertained. I'm kind of only expecting like a three star out of that film. But the, the trailer looks good. And the last at the end of the trailer, uh, he's talking about throwing fruit at his boob, and his boob hits. Uh, he does like the muscle thing with his boobs. It's hard. You have to watch it to know what I'm talking about. But anyways, when the kid throws it at his boob, it hits the camera, and you can tell that's a 3D moment. So go check out that trailer. Tell me your thoughts on that. But I am super pumped to have my boy in a horror movie. It's going to be good times. So other exciting movie news that I found. Now, I am a big fan of cop shows. You know, uh, current cop shows I watch are like uh, CSI Miami, Law and Order SVU is probably my favorite right now. I uh, I really dig you know the the just over, you know Cold Case was good times, which the guy from Cold Case is currently in SVU now. Uh, I really dig the cop shows. You know, pretty much uh, my schedule is Sundays. I'll watch CSI Miami. And then uh, Walking Dead, I gotta catch up on that. And then like I watch Ringer, which with Sarah Michelle Gellar is an amazing show. Now the show started off slow, like the first two two episodes. By the third episode, it finally turned around and kicks the major butt. And now I'm to the point where I'm so glad I stuck with the show because every episode is a total twist. I flipping love Ringer. It's good times. Uh, Revenge is amazing. I love watching that show. It's really good times. Of course, you know there's my favorite show, Supernatural. Uh, but I love the I love the cop shows. Now I watched a trailer of a film. Now I'm gonna I want you to check this out real quick because let's see if you can guess the my favorite cop show of all time. Here you go. favorite my all-time favorite cop show is 21 jump street amazing show loved it you know it's what really got johnny depp you know his his career really but uh the cool thing is the captain is rufus from in supernatural which when he showed up in supernatural i was like yes awesome you know that's one of the biggest reasons why i love rufus so much is because of the fact he was in 21 jump street but uh, i saw this trailer now here's the thing they have a bad Hollywood has a bad habit of taking TV shows and making them comedies. For example, taking like uh, 
drama or action shows. Like, for example, they took Dukes of Hazzard and made that into a comedy show. I mean, yeah, there was some comedy elements in Dukes of Hazzard, but it wasn't a comedy show. Same thing with Starsky and Hutch and so on and so forth. I mean, you guys pretty much know the trend. But uh, in 21 Jump Street stars uh, Tatum Channing, which now... Here's the thing. He's an average actor. I don't think he sucks. I don't think he's great. You know, I think in GI Joe, I think he did his. I think he did the job that he was supposed to do. I didn't think he was the greatest. Uh, and then um, the other guy is Jonah Hill. Now Jonah Hill, you're probably gonna know him from like Super Bad, just a lot of those new raunchy type comedies. He's lost a lot of weight. It, essentially, you would think he's playing the, uh, you know, the Deloise characters part. But in fact, what this movie is is actually a sequel to the TV show which is pretty cool they're not actually remaking the show what it is they're reintroducing a, an old school cop program for these two guys now essentially it's a comedy now there's two kind of trailers there's the regular trailer for the film and then there's the I believe it's called red band trailer which has all the swearing in it and man there's so much swearing in this film I'm talking like the F word every other word but when you, what I found myself is because I was listening to Geek Out Loud and they were talking about it, so I instantly went to go check out the trailer, and they were so right. They said that they were laughing so hard during the trailer, and they kind of thought that they shouldn't be laughing so hard. I felt the same way. I was actually laughing hysterically during the trailer. Now, I'm definitely not going to take the film seriously and, and treat it better than 21 Jump Street because 21 Jump Street, by far, was a cop drama show. It was in no way, shape, or form a comedy. 21 Jump Street did a lot of great innovative, yeah, innovative, yeah, there you go, that's what I'm looking for, innovative things. And uh, Richard Grieco came on that show, I believe in season four. And Richard Grieco, he's he's great. If you ever seen the movie If Looks Could Kill, it's kind of like a teenage James Bond film, excellent film, I love it. And Richard Grieco was good time. That's pretty much because Johnny Depp was leaving, so they wanted to kind of get somebody to replace him. So he ended up having a spinoff show, which was pretty cool. It was called Booker. That was a good TV show. But anyways, 21 Jump Street, the trailer, check it out. Let me know what you think, if you think it's funny or not. Uh, again, I'm not going to treat the that movie as over the TV show, kind of like all these other ones. Like A-Team, I still haven't checked out yet, but from what I heard, it was really good and actually did honor to the show, which is probably one reason why I'm super glad they've not made a Knight Rider movie, because as you all know, Knight Rider is my favorite show of all time. I love and adore that show, and as bad and cheesy as it is sometimes, it's still... I, I will always go back to it as my favorite show and I'm so glad they have not made a movie out of that because God only knows what they would do with that show and uh, with that movie and just probably ruin Knight Rider. So I'm super glad they have not made a movie to that. So, alright, let's go ahead and get into some music news. Okay, now with the music news real quick, um, I'm going to be picking up uh, the new Kelly Clarkson CD and I'm going to be picking up the new Daughtry CD which is coming out on Tuesday. So expect a review, at least of Daughtry, because uh, I'm more interested in listening to the Daughtry CD than I am Kelly. A lot of good tracks I've heard off there. Then in Facebook, I recently asked you guys, what is your favorite song of 2011? Not like 50, what's your one favorite song? Now, the longest time it was Katy Perry's E.T. for me, and then it eventually switched to Selena Gomez's Love You Like a Love Song, which I played when Jason was on the show when we reviewed Buried. But... Uh, when I picked up the Batman Arkham City soundtrack, I fell in love with the Daughtry song called Drowning in You. 
uh, that song or John and you that song is amazing because the chorus is I love the choruses where the singer just kind of goes full blown just singing real like strong and then down and then strong again it's got an excellent guitar solo great haunting lyrics good times uh, that song it's gonna be hard for any song to beat that so I'm just curious what your favorite song of 2011 is at this point we still have another month and a half to go so go ahead and send that in to sweep delay podcast at yahoo.com I want to hear what your favorite tune of 2011 is now uh, a couple things for December I am going to be doing like a show of my favorite movies and music of 2011 just uh, overall what my thoughts of 2011 were what kind of music I really dug what were my favorite songs what were my favorite movies uh, and it may necessarily not be a movie that came out in 2011 but I watched in 2011 so uh, I, I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit because sometimes I don't get the movies until much later but anyways expect that in December and I also have some killer Christmas music not boring stuff that you hear all the time it's going to be some cool stuff you never heard before you're going to dig it you're going to enjoy Christmas music again because I said so so that's the bottom line because Stone Cold says I I don't know that was lame I know I'm sorry alright so anyways the music news here is what I want to talk to you about alright I'm going to spend the next couple minutes and telling you my story of what happened because as I said I've been gone for a while a lot of you want to know uh, what kind of fun times that I have and here is basically what happened okay so here is the deal here's what happened okay so we had uh, my wife now my wife is country girl she only listens to country music now the funny thing is she used to be uh, you know the hair bands you know the the metal dudes you know poison Def Leppard um, white white snake all those dudes you know all those all those rockers the heavy metal dudes which those guys aren't heavy metal compared to heavy metal nowadays to me they sound kind of weak compared to the heavy metal nowadays but you know what I'm saying so she's a country girl now the fact that my wife came along with me is pretty flipping amazing because uh, I played skillet before on the show you guys know that they're pretty rocking and what was really cool it because it was gonna be me and my nephew uh, Adam going along and my daughter absolutely loves skillet she's nine years old um, I was kind of afraid to take her to this because of the fact that I knew how loud it was gonna be but, you know, I said, hey, you got to go to a concert for the first time in your life, so why not it be your favorite band, you know? And so my wife said she wanted to go along. I was like, really? You want to go along? So, you know, we got our tickets, and we ended up taking my niece, who uh, she's, like, uh, she's like 16. She's never been to a concert day in her life, ever. I was like, okay, cool. So my nephew was going to bring his girlfriend along, but there was some drama. They broke up. So I'm like, dude, you need to find somebody to come along because he already paid for the ticket. And I really didn't want to give him his money back, you know, because I'm like, dude, I'm like, that's going to have to be another $32 I have to come up with. Because, see, we didn't really have any money. We uh, we only had, like, 100 bucks for the whole week to you know after all of our bills and everything i'm like great how are we going to pull this off with only 100 bucks so i ended up working out with my mom where she gave me like uh, i was like hey look i get paid friday can i get 50 bucks from you i'll write you out a check and you can cash it my, my mom and dad they're retired so i know they don't have a lot of money but it was so cool that she gave me the 50 bucks so i'm like okay great so I was like, okay, I got an extra 50 bucks. And my car, I have a 1994 Dodge Intrepid. Now this car is, 
Oh, man. Okay, I have the front light. As you guys know from when Andrew was on a while ago, I had uh, somebody crash into my car. So that light that broke off, I've never been able to find it. So really, I'm driving around without a turn light. You don't want to get stopped by the cops like that. Then I found out my back light uh, is broke. So I have no back brake light. So don't want to get stopped by the cops. And then whenever I hit 40 miles an hour and then I hit 60 miles an hour, my car starts to shake. So needless to say, it's not the most reliable car in the world. So when we found out that we had six people that were going with, we can only fit five in my wife's car. I'm like, I really don't want to take two cars, but that's kind of what we have to do. Well, uh, that day, my well, the night before, my nephew slept over. He hasn't slept over in a long time, so it was good times. He slept over, we watched some movies, we played some Batman Arkham City. And then uh, that day, we were supposed to go have lunch with my father-in-law at Applebee's. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Applebee's, but it's pretty cool, but it's expensive. I'm like, okay. So I took enough money out to cover the food. I, I was like 40 bucks. And uh, and after that, uh, I didn't really want anybody to know that we were going to a concert just because, you know, in my, in my family, you know, they all give you crap about what you spend and all that other kind of stuff. And it's like this stuff was planned three months ago, okay? So just chill out, you know. But again, I didn't want nobody to know. So after the whole dinner was over, uh, we're getting ready to go. And the concert starts at 7, but uh, Rockford, uh, which is where this concert was located in uh, which by the way if you didn't tell in the very beginning of the movie and music news that was the beginning of how the show started was with the violins and then kicking into whispers in the dark so I just wanted to let you guys know that that's uh, that was actually from the concert that I taped which is pretty cool and I uploaded a lot of those videos on YouTube so after uh, we decided that we were going to leave at 5 o'clock, which we figured would be enough time to leave and get there because, in fact, we had to go to the mall because my wife had to pick up something, but she had enough coupons to wear what she was picking up would technically be free because you guys know my wife is a coupon lady. So, hey, no problem there. I mean, come on. You guys all heard my story with the crow and how much I got it for. So we get there just in time to the mall. We pick up the stuff, um, and now my... My nephew, Adam, he brought along a friend uh, who's a girl, which uh, they actually really look good together if they were actually going to be like, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, that kind of thing. But anyways, it's just it's just his friend, but she was really super nice. And the funny thing is, she lives like two blocks away from me, which talk about a small world, right? And because uh, my nephew actually lives in another small town, like two small towns over from me. So he's about like 20, 25 minutes away. So it's just kind of a small world that the person he was bringing with happens to live two blocks away from me. So after we get that stuff, we take off to go to the concert. Now, the cool thing with this concert is it was at the Coronado Theater. Now, the Coronado Theater in Rockford, if you look it up, it's called the Coronado Performing Arts Theater, Rockford, Illinois. Take a look at these pictures. This is like one of those old school art theaters, you know, where the uh, the walls and the lights and everything is just so artistic looking, and it's just amazing. Now, there's not a lot of seats there. I mean, we're talking maybe a couple. I don't know, I I would say like 2,000 the most. I mean, that's kind of my assumption just by looking at it. Not a very big theater, but it's super super nice. So we, you know, we get to we park. We walk across the street, 
and I was like, wow, this deer looks so amazing. So and the cool thing is there's like this old guy who's like in this tuxedo, kind of like, uh, you know, think Spider-Man 2 with uh, Bruce Campbell, you know, that kind of thing. You know, it's like, it's like, welcome to the theater, you know. And the cool thing is with the tickets that I got, they didn't actually rip the tickets. They scanned it with this little scanner, which was pretty cool. I'm like, cool, I get to keep my ticket. I don't have to have it all messed up. And the tickets are in pink. Pink is my wife's favorite color. So she, she pretty much loved the tickets. Now, uh, I told you that I only had so much money. So I did have enough money set aside to buy a t-shirt and enough money set aside for uh, food and, you know, parking and stuff like that. Parking was only like five bucks, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, the shirt's 25 bucks. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Again, I haven't been to a lot of concerts, but $25 is how much it is online, but you don't have to pay shipping and handling. So I was like, okay, I'll buy one t-shirt. Now my daughter, uh, my daughter looked at them and she, she was kind of like, she wanted something, but she really didn't know what she wanted. And what she really liked was this skillet wristband. It was like six bucks. It was pretty cool. So I bought her the wristband. I got the shirt. And the shirt I got was a tour shirt. Uh, tour shirt. You know the ones that uh, tell you the name of the tour and then on the back are the cities and dates. And my town or my city was the last of the tour. Which the cool thing with those, I don't know if you know this or not, but usually on the last show of a concert, bands get crazy. They do practical jokes. Things get ridiculous, and it's always going to be a good time. So I was super, super pumped on how the how the concert was going to go. So now my my niece, the the one that uh, had never been to a concert before, she didn't have any money. She used her money to pay for a ticket because she hadn't paid for it yet, and she really wanted a T-shirt. I said, you know what? I'll buy you the T-shirt, and then just pay me back later. So essentially it was another 25 bucks, 25 bucks I wasn't planning on using at the time, but hey, you know what, it's a concert, I figured, you know what, things that work out, it always does, you know, so it was no big deal. So I got her the shirt, and after she got her shirt, uh, we decided it was time to go sit down. Now here's kind of where things get a little interesting. Uh, there's a couple people that were drinking around us and my wife was kind of uh, thrown off by this because she goes man there's a lot of people drinking here and uh, I said you know baby that's kind of the thing with Skillet you know not everybody's Christian that goes to a Skillet concert because Skillet they reach out to everybody you know they're in the mainstream they're in the Christian music industry but everybody can relate to their music because they talk about everything and it's just not everybody is, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with drinking. I mean, as you all know, uh, Jesus drank all the time. You know, it's it's only if you get drunk that it's a sin. But hey, that's another topic for another podcast. But I'm just trying to bring out the point that it's cool that there was people drinking there. I ain't got no problem with that. But uh, I think what my wife was trying to get at was the fact of these dudes look kind of drunk. And the show hadn't even started yet, and that's kind of what was kind of throwing her off, especially because the fact there's a bunch of little kids there. I mean, this is the cool thing with the concert. There was like kids from my daughter's age, which was nine, all the way to people that were 62 years old. There was actually a 62-year-old couple that was sitting in front of me, and man, they were rocking. 
it was flipping amazing so so cool so here's the thing the show the show starts off which the first band I'm like I never heard of before I looked them up on iTunes and I thought it was called We As Human I'm like okay it's a pop band I'm like that's weird why would there be a pop band opening for a rock band but it's called We As Human which they only have four songs so they only have an EP on iTunes so when they started jamming I was like holy crap I'm like, these guys are a pop. And of course, we had fourth row. So the music was super loud. So when the bass is like kicking in, I mean, your heart was bumping. And my daughter, man, she had her skillet shirt on, her skillet hat all day. She's like, Daddy, my heart is like thumping, but it's because of the speakers. I said, yeah, I know. It's cool, right? And here's the thing. My daughter, I said, look, you're going to have to wear head earphones. You know, I don't want you to go deaf. And she she did not want to put the cotton in her ears. She didn't want to have the headphones. I said, here's the deal. When it starts to get too loud for you, you need to let me know. And she said, okay, I will. So the first band, really cool. And now my wife, she was, uh, she had her camera with her, and the camera broke. See, my little daughter messed around with the camera and broke it. So this 15-megapixel camera that we had turned into a 2-megapixel camera. So every time she took a picture, it looked like utter crap. It was horrible. She did something to it. So every picture she took was absolutely atrocious. But the first band was talking about how nice the venue is. They're like, they can't believe how great this theater looks. It's so amazing. Which, of course, they would later on their Facebook page post that stuff. So first band, they played four songs. I was like, okay, no big deal. Those guys are pretty cool. I was like, I think I'll go check out the record. So the second guy comes up, which his name is Manifest. He's from Can- he's from Canada, and he's kind of like a rapper, but he's got rock into it. But he's definitely no Toby Mac, that's for sure. He's definitely kind of whack. But there were some songs of his that I had on my iPod that I knew. He was pretty cool. He came out on like a skateboard and stuff, and his drummer was this punk guy with like this crazy hair everywhere. It was pretty cool. Uh, one of the funny things is, is one of the bands came out and threw flipping uh, what was it flower all over this guy's drum kit it was absolutely hilarious man I'm telling you and the band the guy was able to play the drums with flower all over uh, it was it was good times as I told you you know it's the last show things are gonna go kind of crazy so and I'm like man this is this is flipping loud I mean I'm used to going to loud concerts but it was it was pretty loud. So then we get to the third band. Now, this was the band I was not excited for because of the fact they were screamos. Now, I like music that has guys that scream in it. You know, like Pillar, I played some of their stuff. And they would only scream at certain parts. And, you know, Linkin Park, I just can't stand the guys that scream and scream and scream. But they don't sing. They just scream and scream and scream. So the band coming up was called Justify, which I was like, okay, these guys are going to be probably a bunch of screamers. So they come up. And the show starts off. First song's pretty cool. I'm digging it. And I'm just basically at this point, I said, you know, I'll just take video all on my iPhone. I figured, since I don't really know the songs, I don't really want to jam too much. I'm like, okay. And I noticed my wife occasionally would kind of kind of bounce her head a little bit like she was trying to get into it. And all I wanted her to do was just to walk away, at least like Skillet, just a little bit. That's all I wanted. I didn't want her to like any other bands. And she actually liked the first band. She thought they were, she thought they were pretty decent. Uh, so these guys, by the third song, they start screaming. Now my daughter, my my nine-year-old, she has been going pretty uh, jamming. I mean, she has been jumping up and down and stuff. But by this time, she's like, Daddy, is Skilla coming up? I'm like, after this band. 
Well, because this is the last show, uh, we all sat down, and the lead singer was talking about how he's toured with Skillet all these number of years, and he actually got an acoustic guitar and started singing a bunch of their old songs, which he had never done that on any of the other shows. So it was kind of a treat for us that we got to listen to uh, some Skillet songs sung by this guy, uh, which was pretty cool. And I got it on video and I uploaded it to YouTube, and that's probably the one I had the most hits on. I already have a thousand hits on that one already. Uh, my daughter at this point, she's getting really impatient, but she's still she's still going along with it, you know. So when the they get to their last song, the lead singer Skillet comes out and starts singing with them, and everybody starts going crazy. And he's wearing this striper shirt, uh, which is like a, a a metal band back in the day. And uh, everybody's just going crazy. He came out on stage, gives him a hug. So they go ahead and they, you know, they're done, right? So I'm like, okay, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm like, I, can't, I don't wanna pee when Skilla comes up. I gotta go to the bathroom. And then I'm like, I'm thirsty, but I'm like, all they sell is beer here. And you know me, uh, as you know on Show Me the Winston, I said that uh, I don't drink anymore. I haven't, you know, I haven't drunk in like over 16 years. So, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't have a problem if anyone wants to drink. It's just, that's just not my thing anymore. It's not what I do, you know? And I was like, I really don't want to drink anything. All there is is beer. I'm like, I, and I don't see Pepsi anywhere. Luckily, they had bottled water. It was only two bucks. So I was like, okay, cool. I was able to get water. And my wife, while I'm waiting in line, sends me a picture of my niece who caught a drumstick. When I left, the band was cleaning up and they threw a drumstick out and she caught it. I was like, that is so cool. You got a drumstick. Your first concert and you got a drumstick. How awesome is that? So the show finally goes black. My daughter starts going crazy, right? So as you know from the intro of the movie and music news, they start playing the violins, uh, which is really, really cool. Because my wife didn't know that Skillet had violin players and cello players in their band. She knew that there was two girls, but she didn't know that there was those. So she thought that was kind of cool. Here's the thing, man. You guys didn't hear it on the video. But it was when Skillet came out and they said, Rockford, make some noise and the lights kicking. It was so loud. My ears were piercing, man. I'm telling you. I know all the words and even I had a hard time keeping up because of the fact of how loud it was. I was like, oh, this, this, I feel like my ears were going to explode. It's almost like they took each band and they were at 10. The moment Skillet came out, they turned it to 20. Ridiculous. And the lights were so bright that my wife had to put her face down because it was almost giving her like, uh, you know, like one of those seizure kind of things they talk about in the video games. So... I'm trying to uh, take video of this while I'm trying to jam but hold still. And I know a bunch of my fans of the show, there's certain skillet songs you guys like. So I was trying to take video of those particular songs and I was going to post it. Guess what? As soon as I uh, would save it to my iPhone, I lost two of those songs, which was Hero and Awaken Alive. But I got a whole bunch of other ones and I uploaded those. Uh, and finally at the end when Monster came on, uh, I would always put my flash on, but it would be super bright. And people got really pissed off in front of me, so I had to turn that off. But uh, it was really cool. That's why if you look at it on YouTube, it looks real blurry and stuff like that. But it was super cool. Uh, and here's the funny thing. My wife said, 
you didn't tell me that Skillet has pop songs because um, the lead singer John he was talking about how he loves the 80s and he would do Bon Jovi covers all night but his manager won't let him you know he's a real funny guy but he was talking about how ballads are made for girls and guys pretend to like ballads so the girls will like him you know real funny stuff and my wife was totally digging the ballad because uh, he would sing and then the drummer Jen Ledger which I absolutely love and adore she would sing the ballad with him and it was awesome and then the next song was like the, a pop song that they did and my wife was like I never knew that they sang this stuff why don't you tell me I was like uh, you never asked I told you Skillet does a whole variation of music it's not just rock that they do they do pop stuff and ballads and all that other kind of stuff so needless to say by the end of the show my wife my wife likes three skillet songs which hey the whole purpose was for her to have a good time and you know at the end of it I was like hey you know thank you for coming with me I know rock music isn't your kind of thing but I hope you at least had you know had fun which she did and now my daughter, my daughter's going crazy for Skillet, but Monster is her favorite song. Now, my daughter, she's not a patient girl. She's very impatient. I have to admit, for three and a half hours, my daughter was a perfect little angel. She was real good. There was only like two songs that she sat down for and wanted to lay her head because my daughter's used to going to bed at 9 o'clock because she goes to school early morning. By this time, it's 10.30 at night. And all she wanted to do was hear Monster. I said, look, when Monster plays, it's going to be the end of the show because that's how they close out the show. But I was like, look, just give her another two songs. And so sure enough, Monster came on, which they have one more song after Monster, which is their big song. But anyways, my daughter was re-injuvenized re again. She had fun. She got her song. And they come out on this big Monster, which is really cool and stuff like that. And, uh, and my niece said to me I can't thank you enough for taking me you know my first concert ever I love all the bands all the bands have been great I've had such a good time thank you so much and you know I was like hey it was my pleasure uh, I'm glad that I was able to take you to your first concert and and you loved it and my daughter just had a complete blast so it's 11:30 when the concert gets over uh, good time, but man, we walked out of the show. I couldn't hear anything. My wife had to like scream at me, and I would do the same to her because she couldn't hear me. And uh, it was it was good times. So it's 11:30. We're taking off to go home, and we just downloaded this GPS thing on our iPhone, which was a free GPS because we're like we had no idea how to get there. But the GPS free uh, app actually worked. I was pretty impressed. I thought I'd actually have to pay for it, but it actually worked. It was good times. So my daughter finally went to sleep at 11.30 and on the, the Friday prior to the concert I had a parent-teacher conference and I told the teacher, I said, look, my daughter's probably going to be a little tired on Monday, but it's because I'm taking her to her first concert and when the teacher found out I'm a skillet, she gave her a high five because she's a skillet fan. I was like, that's totally cool. So uh, it was awesome. And I want to talk about the drunk guys real quick. Um, before Skillet came on and I was going to the bathroom, the same two drunk guys, they were like, man, I've been to Journey, and I've been to Def Leppard, and I've been to Metallica, but I'll tell you, these first three bands, this is the best concert I've ever been to, man, what do you think? And they're all like giving each other like, you know, the, the cheers with the cups and stuff, and I just had to crack up and laugh at them, like, dude, if you guys had a good time with those three bands, wait till you get to Skillet. And I think afterwards, those guys were just like on the floor because they were just mind blown by what happened probably. So it would have been interesting to hear what they thought. 
But uh, when I was posting stuff on Facebook, I, people were saying, man, I've been to Skillet 17 times. It was by far the best concert I've ever been to. And yeah, it was it was flipping amazing. So here's the cool thing. On the way home, I'm like, can you pull up my videos? Because I'm just interested to see if my phone picked up the audio because of the fact of I wonder if it want, if it was going to be real blurry and loud and just be as loud as it was at the concert. Sure enough, my phone picked up all the vocals without the loudness. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so flippin' amazing. Now, of course, the picture could only look so good, but the audio quality was amazing. It actually didn't have the, you know, like distorted sound, you know, where I could actually understand every single word, even though I know all the words, because it was so loud, it was so hard to hear, especially during the guitar solo. Man, that was like piercing, but the drum solo was awesome. She was on like this, um, this high rise that would keep spinning and going up and up and up in the air with fire coming out. It was amazing, man. Love that girl, man. She is amazing drums. She's actually in the, uh, she's actually in a world record somewhere about um, longest 16 year old drummer or something like that. I gotta look it up. It's pretty cool. So needless to say, my daughter finally went to bed at 11:30. We all had a good time. My wife and me were going through the videos when we got home, and we didn't get to bed till like 2 a.m. And we just overall talked about the concert and how, how much fun she had. And and it, and it was good times. And then the next day, I took off that day because I was like, man, I got my face rocked off. I don't want to go to work. So my daughter took her to school and she, she still had a good day at school. So that was good news. So yeah, I would definitely say that was by far the best concert I've ever been to. Um, it was good, good times. So if you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mike Mac 1210, I have some of those videos up from the show. If you want to check those on out and see, uh, I have the ballad on there, which is pretty cool. I have the drum solo. I have the guitar solo. I have monster on there and a bunch of goods. So I hopefully, Oh, this was the coolest part of the night that I forgot to mention. I have never seen an artist do this in my whole entire life. And I have even more respect for skillet than I ever did before. Last week's show, or not last week's show, the last episode of Ninja Turtles, the spotlight song was Skillet's It's Not Me, It's You. Because I said, you know, I'm getting prepared for the show. Here's a new rock single on the radio. Well, uh, one of the things, uh, he got, he has really good segues. So he'll like say something and then go into the title of the song. He's like, if you're not having a good time, it's not me, it's you. And the song starts off, right? And when the first verse hits... He's singing the second verse. I'm like, wait a second, that's not right. Because I could, you know, at that point, I was so used to hearing the loudness, I could actually make out all the words. What does he do? He says, stop, stop, stop. And everybody just stops. He's like, I have never in 16 years forgotten my lyrics to a song. This is the first Rockford. I'm glad this is the last of the show. So he went to one of his fans, and his fan looked up the lyrics to the song and says that's right let's get the story straight it's just so cool that he because you know they're always told the show must go on the show must go on the fact that he stopped the whole band and the band was just laughing hysterically and like his wife is the keyboard and guitar player so she like slapped him in the head saying i can't believe you forgot that and stuff it was just so cool to see the fact that he stopped and then when he got the lyric right he was saying it like really aloud like to the crowd and the crowd was just loving it so it was super super cool that he stopped the show to start over again i thought that was so cool 
And after the guitar solo, he throws the pick out into the crowd. Guess who the pick hit? Yep, yours truly. I'm an idiot though. His pick hit my chin. I was in so much shock that I said, oh my gosh, his pick just hit my chin. And the guy in front of me grabbed the pick before I could grab it. If I would have just kept my mouth shut, I could have bent down, grabbed the pick, the guy never would have noticed, and I would have a guitar pick from the Skillet Show. But no, I'm an idiot, and I had to say what happened because I was in utter shock. So, so that's it, guys. That's the story. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I didn't bore you. And uh, let's party and let's talk some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. New York, a city where 8 million can scarf down their slices in safety, knowing that when pizza is close by, help, help is never far away. Any luck finding a new place to live yet? Well, you know, in this market, it's actually very difficult to find good subterranean houses. You'd think even an idiot could find a place down here. But no! Wow! And I thought all the really good dungeons were in Europe. The past returns, my son. Ah. Hey, guys, look! That's the canister that had the ooze. That transformed us all. Yes. Well, you're the last one, aren't you? Uh-oh. Oh, some animals are knocking down the telephone pole. Let them get their own cab. The next fight will be freak against freak. Take the ugly one. No, you take the ugly one. Oh, which one's the ugly one? Ninja Turtles 2. Cowabunga! The secret of the ooze. Don't forget, we're turtles! Alright, it is time to talk some Ninja Turtles 2. Secret of the ooze. Now, uh, we all had a good time with the first movie. And I said how the first movie is the best of the series. Because it's the most dark. It's the most comic booky of the films. And part two, I said was my favorite in regards to it's it's the funnest of the series part one is the best because technically the way it was shot uh the way everything looks the atmosphere the feel the, the feel of the film is definitely dark but part two is definitely the uh the where they change things to make it the more kid-friendly family-oriented film. And I have to admit, out of all the Ninja Turtle movies, this is the one that I've seen the absolute most. Even though I enjoy the first uh, the best, and I know that the first is the best of the series, I've watched part two the most just because it's the most fun. 
And, you know, fun factor is a huge thing for me. You know, I got to have tons and tons of fun when I watch a film in order for me. Obviously, you want to have a good time when you watch a movie. But fun factor is one of, is my number one rating factor. How much fun did I have with a film? That's how I rate my films. Everything falls below that. It's fun factor followed by acting, story, you know, all that. And, you know, so on and so forth. Fun is number one. So Turtles, right off the bat... Turtles 2 is the most fun of the series. Now, let's talk about uh you know I'm not going to have to I'm not going to go scene through scene of the film. I mean, we all have seen this movie. I'll give the overall premise of the film. I'm going to talk about all my all my favorite parts, uh the things that I don't like about the film and just kind of move on from there because you know, I went through the, the scene by scene kind of thing with part 1 which I thought part 1 deserved it, but for part 2 yeah, we've all seen it, especially uh, for the show. We all, all of the, all my regulars on Facebook, we all watched it pretty much at the same time. You guys sent in your emails, which I'll get to in a little bit. Uh, we all pretty much have the same general consensus of the film. So here's the cool thing with uh, with Turtles 2. Now, this came out in 1991. Obviously, it's the sequel to the 1990 film. Uh, it's kind of funny that it uh, came out a year later looks like they pretty much went to work now the turtles uh right off the bat there's some changes now michelangelo looks the same Raphael uh, rafael looks the same uh leonardo looks a little bit different but the one that looks the most different is donatello now the biggest difference is the voice because Corey feldman was the voice of donatello in the first movie and we have a new guy now does the new guy suck absolutely not do I miss Corey Feldman? Absolutely. Now, the basic premise of this film, right off the bat, you get the uh, In Memory of Jim Henson, because Jim Henson, you know, we all love and adore Jim Henson. I mean, he's the creator of the Muppets, and uh, I mean, he's definitely a, a huge icon, and um, he had died before the film was made, but he's part of the biggest reason of why the turtles were so successful in the first film i mean it was his uh was his company so the turtles are basically living with april o'neill because of the fact the foot knows that they you know that they live in a sewer so in the beginning we're introduced to kino which is played by ernie reese jr which i love ernie reese jr you know as a kid he was in a tv show i think it was called sidekicks um or something like that I can't remember the absolute the actual name, but he was in um, The Last Dragon, uh, Ben Gordy's The Last Dragon, which I'm so going to review because that's such a great martial arts film. Excellent movie. And uh, Ernie Reese Jr. was in like Red Sonja. He's a really big uh, kid actor. So, And he actually, as I said before, in part one was actually in a turtle suit. Uh, but this time around, he actually got to be in the film. So he plays Kino, and Kino is a pizza delivery guy. Now, right off the bat, it's kind of weird uh, because we have a whole bunch of people eating pizza, which is totally fine, but there's like one scene where the cops are eating pizza, and they have a guy handcuffed to his arm, which is kind of weird. Cops wouldn't really do that, but again, you know, uh, it's just the setup that everybody is just eating pizza, and you're like, okay, I'm definitely watching a Turtles film. And it's because of uh, they're all eating pizza from the same place. This guy must make the greatest pizzas in the world, I'll tell you. So anyways, Kino, uh, being dumb, goes to investigate 
and they're gonna take out Kino, but he's like, did I mention I take, you know, I study martial arts because he takes it all these dudes. So just when a whole bunch of them are gonna take him down, in comes the turtles. Now, cool thing with when the first, when the turtles are introduced, we get the logo, which is the logo of the cartoon, Teenage Mutant Ninja with the turtles wrapped in like a half circle, but in green, it's the cartoon logo. Looks pretty flippin' awesome. Now, you could tell the turtles jumped on like uh, a trampoline, like a small one, and jumped up in the air. Uh, this scene is really funny because it's showing you the turtles aren't going to use their weapons. Because parents were complaining that the turtles were too dark by using their weapons. So for the most part in this film, the turtles do not have their weapons either on them, never use their weapons. I think they use their weapons one time. They just use other means to fight stuff. But this scene is absolutely hilarious where um, everything from Michelangelo with uh, with the yo-yo saying, you know, check this dude, walk the dog. That's pretty good, huh? And then he spins around, hits the dudes in the faces around the world, you know. And uh, Michelangelo's beating up some dude says, you want a pickle? I'll give you a pickle. You know, he's just saying a lot of good, funny lines. Donatello, he does this cool thing where he, he hits... Uh, like this balloon thing that moves back and forth and he goes yeah 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 like that real funny so a uh, bad guy comes up to him and Donatello does the same thing the guy pushes him Donatello moves back and forth which obviously would that could never happen in real life even if the turtles were real no dude could ever move back and forth like that guy like Donatello did but it's a funny scene and Donatello grabs a little toy hits a dude in the face and it's just an overall fun scene it's just it sets up the mood that you are about to watch a super fun flick that's not going to take itself seriously unlike the first one that you're not going to have any darkness this is to let the parents know that hey we listen to you you will enjoy this film so will your kids sit back relax and stop complaining and that's what this scene does and it does it perfectly this is an a-plus scene that sets up the premise of your film so you know going forward to either shut the film off because you're going to be watching a kid's film you're not going to get the movie you got the first time around but you're going to have a lot of fun if you continue and hit play and I think it, it's brilliant the way that that scene plays off the whole fighting and taking out the dudes and the, the one liners everything fits perfectly A plus scene so if you have stopped the movie at this point I would not give you any any problems whatsoever. I'd be like, that's your decision. I respect it. You want to film like part one? Wait till you get the TMNT. That's what I'm going to tell you. If you want to have fun, hit play. And that's pretty much what the rest of us are going to do. We're going to hit play and we're going to have a fun time. So after we get a couple good one-liners like, hey, you dudes want to play too? You know, cold. Oh, instead of nunchucks, Michelangelo uses uh, sausage. He uses combat cold cuts, as he says. Uh, which, again, as I said, they use other means of weapons in this film. So instantly, after this scene, we see April O'Neil. Now, this is not the April O'Neil that we know from the first one. This is Paige Turco, which uh, will play April O'Neil in this film and the sequel, Turtles 3, Turtles in Time. And uh, I'd like to hear what you guys think about this April O'Neil. She gets the job done, but she's definitely not the April O'Neil of Part 1. I said before, I definitely enjoy Judith Hogg's performance way better than I uh, enjoy Paige. But, again, Paige doesn't phone it in. She's good. 
Uh, I would say on a scale of one to ten, she's about a seven. Versus Paige or Judith was a ten in regards to April. You know, pretty good stuff. So the reason why um, what you're seeing is is that you're in April's apartment and there's a mess around, and it's to show you what each turtle basically is doing, leaving messes, and she's like, ah, oh, Michelangelo, Donatello. Raphael and she's like the rat is the cleanest one so once we get introduced to the turtles in April's apartment and we see Splinter again uh, this is where we kind of get to the root of the story which basically is this the Foot Clan has retreated to this large junkyard uh, you find out Shredder is actually alive and uh, his second in command Tatsu he declared himself the leader because he thought Shredder was dead but Shudder's like, uh, I'm here, so you're not the main man. So obviously he relinquished his command once Shredder returned. So April reports on this thing called Techno Global Research Industry. So aka what you're supposed to know is it's called TGRI. And TGRI is neutralizing poly, uh, pollutants in the air that have resulted from their experiments. They're basically, that's why she's interviewing these guys because of their experiments, neutralizing pallets in the air. And uh, one of April's crew members is actually a spy for the Foot Clan, discovers that toxic waste, which was produced by the company, caused a mutation in uh, nearby plants, which would be dandelions. They're kind of like these humongous dandelions, which uh, he's like, oh, that's flipping awesome. I got to take that back to Shredder. So Splinter, seeing the report that April's doing on TV, shows the turtles in April the canister of ooze that made their transformation, which you're going to see is the logo of TGRI. So now everything's coming to play. Ah, that's how he came to be. Get it. So Shredder dispatches the foot to obtain some of the ooze that caused the mutation. So the turtles are going to... I guess you could say break into the TGRI laboratory. They want some answers, but they discover that the foot kidnapped um, Perry. Now, Perry is like this, uh, he's this really cool scientist, usually annoying in other films, but he is pretty flipping cool in this film. He's played by David Warner. Uh, David Warner, I guess other films you're probably going to know him in would be like um, Titanic. Uh, he's the guy that helps um, douchebag go after Kate Winslet. Uh, he's kind of like second in command. He was also in The Lost World. He was in Star Trek, The Undiscovered Country. Um, he's in like Time Bandits, The Island, The Omen, uh, Planet of the Apes. So if you see the guy, you're going to definitely know who this guy is. So basically... The Turtles get another cool fight with the uh, with the Foot Clan. And um, the Foot escapes with the last canister of ooze. Um, which I'll get into how they do that in a minute. But basically, Shredder forces Perry to use this ooze. He, he, basically, Shredder has this like uh, snapping turtle and a wolf. And he wants to make his own turtles, so to speak. So he's forcing Perry to expose the ooze to these two. And they're later going to be called Toka and Razor. Now, Shredder is irritated when he finds out that they're stupid. And it's because they're infants. So the infants, being 
as uh, mentally more um, not challenged anymore. They're definitely smarter. They now think Shredder is their mom. But so Shredder wants to kill these guys, and Perry, being the great scientist that he is, wants to preserve life and shows Shredder that, hey, look, you don't want to kill these guys. They're actually pretty tough. They may be stupid, but look, they could pick up cars, they could break stuff. And that's when Shredder's like, oh, they may be used for me after all. So Shredder's impressed with their immense strength. He sends them to attack the city. So Kino and Raphael, they have this plan to infiltrate the foot uh, which is having Kino pose as like a new recruit because Kino at this point has become friends with the Turtles because he delivered pizza, found Raphael hanging out when he was hiding, hit his foot. And uh, so Kino now knowing everything is kind of like the fifth Turtle, so to speak. So Raphael and his plan behind the Turtles' back is to find out uh, and basically infiltrate the foot, get some answers. So... The other three turtles discover that the new lair is in a... Uh, well, they find a new lair, basically. Because uh, Raphael obviously fights, takes off, so does his own thing. Kind of like the first one. So they find this abandoned subway station, which is pretty cool. They're going to keep that up till part three. And with Kino's assistance, Raphael successfully infiltrates the foot headquarters, which is located on Lardman Island. Which is kind of funny because Lardman is one of the creators... Um, of the, you know, of the, well, I guess not really. Uh, we have Kevin Eastman and Peter Lard, but you can kind of tell it's named after him. So, uh, but they are actually, well, not Kino, uh, Raphael is captured by Shredder. So Kino escapes to inform the other guys that Raphael has been trapped you know, captured, all that good stuff. So as the turtles go to rescue them, that's when they come in contact with Toko and Razor. And it's a pretty brutal fight. And they manage to escape in a manhole that uh, obviously, because of how big they are, they can't fit into the uh, manhole, which is pretty cool. They also rescue Perry in the process, which is pretty cool. Now, this is where Perry is going to realize his mistakes of helping Shredder, so he's going to help the Turtles. Uh, he's not really freaked out by the Turtles and Splinter, unlike everybody else usually is. He doesn't pass on and faint or anything, because at this point, I mean, everything, you know, everything he's seen, no big deal, right? So after learning that Shredder intends to release Toker and Razor into the populated area of New York, unless the Turtles confront them, Perry wants to help create this antidote that will contrary you know basically re I guess you could say reverse the effects of the ooze it will eventually transform them back into normal animals so yeah it's the antidote to basically put them back to normal so what happens is is the turtles meet with the foot and they successfully administer the antimutagen to Toker and Razor the way they do that is, is they put it in donuts because, unfortunately, they have to eat it in order to be put back to regular animals. So the only thing they could think of doing was put it in like these little ice cubes and put it in donuts. So after they, they're basically token Razor find out that there's something wrong with the donuts. And there's this big fight that goes on. And the fight will then go into a nightclub because uh, I believe it's Michelangelo, no, Raphael gets thrown uh, through a nightclub 
And that's when we get good old Vanilla Ice. And he's performing, which they don't actually say it's Vanilla Ice, but you could totally tell it's supposed to be Vanilla Ice and the VIP crew. So, here's the cool thing. We get the good old Ninja Rap song along with the Turtles trying to figure out how to take out Token Razor, which they finally do because Perry, um, he, he gives advice to Donatello saying that if we spray fire extinguishers into Token Razor's mouth, the carbon dioxide from the um, fire extinguisher is going to speed up and reverse them back to normal. So after they take care of Token Razor, they take on the foot. Shredder comes in, takes a woman hostage, reveals that he's still possessing the ooze. Kino arrives after Splinter told him he has to stay put, but he doesn't. Comes in, kicks the canister out of his hand, and of course Perry is able to grab it and take off. Then we have to have one final battle left with, with Shredder. So what happens is, is that uh, Shredder gets blasted through a wall because Michelangelo... Uh, it's like full volume and he gets like this big old um looks like a keyboard guitar puts it at full volume which blows shredder out of the wall and he ends up landing in like the docks outside so the turtles follow shredder and they find out that shredder has now been mutated into a super shredder because he took the last the last of the ooze basically and shredder overpowers the turtles but the thing is, is he's tearing up the dock. He's so mad, he's punching and knocking all the beams down. And that's when the turtles like, don't forget, we're turtles. And they jump in the water. The thing collapses on Shredder, and they wait. They come out. They check on Shredder to make sure he's dead. His hand comes up. And they're like, nobody could have survived that. But his hand falls down. They realize he's dead, and they, Michelangelo says, I've said it before, I'll say it again, man, I love being a turtle. And the movie ends with uh, Splinter with a newspaper showing them fighting at the club. It says Ninja Rap is born. And the turtles have to do flips, and Splinter says, uh, go Ninja, go Ninja, go. And I made another funny, and the movie ends. So uh, that's that's the overall story of what happens. So let's talk about um, some of the good things and the bad things that happen in this film. Okay, good stuff. Raphael is very, very cool, calm, and collective in this film. He is not a douchebag like he was in the first one. Because in the first one, he's dealing with a lot of anger. So for like the first half of the film, he's really angry. He's you know, just just a mean old bully kind of, you know, attitude. And then by the second half of the film after, you know, he's kinda of gone through a near death experience, he is he's definitely become the light of the party and not as light as Michelangelo of course, but he's definitely a fan favorite at that I mean, Raphael is definitely a fan favorite, but you know what I mean. Raphael comes around and he's so much better the second half of the Turtles one than he is uh in the first half of Turtles One. Now in this film the dude is kind of like Michelangelo in an aspect. He doesn't make like a bunch of one-liners, but he's more like, for example, uh, in April O'Neil's apartment when they first come in, they're like, "Hey, Mike, throw me a ninja slice." And Mike wants to, you know, it's like they're playing football. Mike throws the pizza, pizza. Raphael jumps over the couch, and the it lands in the sign. He goes, "Touchdown, yeah!" You know, just stuff like that. He's very chill cool comic collective and I really like it I really like Raphael in this one um, he's really really fun Donatello as I said before he looks he's the one that looks the most different now keep in mind the costumes are made of latex 
Kind of like I mentioned in Halloween, where the Halloween mask in Halloween 2 is the same as Halloween 1, but it looks a little bit different because it's falling apart. So essentially, they had to remake the costume for everybody. So Michelangelo looks pretty spot on, but Donatello definitely looks the definitely looks the most different when it comes to how his costume looks. So um, one thing I really like is when uh, they're in the apartment and they're in Splinter's trying to tell them this is like when they first get the pizza and Splinter's trying to tell them how we need to go back to the sewer we can't be a part of this world and Michelangelo and the other guys are all scared and says not even pizza and he goes pizza's okay I, I really dig that I think that's pretty that's pretty hilarious just how um how that scene plays out real good stuff so the next scene that I really like is when um, I can still hear out of this one which is where the guys are watching April's uh, report on TV about TGRI and uh, Raphael sits down next to Michelangelo Michelangelo is just chewing really loud and Raphael goes hey Mikey you think you can crunch any louder I can still hear out of this one God. So Mikey looks at the camera, smiles, and then leans over and crunches right in his ear. And uh, and then Raphael gets mad. Real, real funny stuff. Um, of course, I love the Karate Kid reference in this film, which when they're in April O'Neil's apartment, they're trying to clean up the shore. Hey, we're sorry for messing up your apartment. Uh, Michelangelo's doing, hey guys, check this. Wax on, wax off, wax on. And Raphael's like, mouth off. And then Donatello's like, everybody's a critic. I really dig that. You know, everybody's joking around. Good stuff. Like I said, Raphael is very chilled out in this film. I really enjoyed it. He's got some really good jokes. Um, another cool thing I really like is uh, when they go to the TGRI, the TGRI lab. And there's a bunch of lights. And there's like these things that look like race car tunnel tracks. And Michelangelo's like, hey, where do you put the quarter? You know, real funny. I, I like that line. Um, I like the one scene that is a nitpick, but has always bothered me, especially when I was a kid. It really bothers me now after looking at it again. There is where they're at the computer, and they're looking to see if there's any canisters or ooze left. They see they're all empty, and Donatello's like, disposed, disposed, disposed. So... The thing that bothers me is Donatello is now looking and talking to Leonardo. And Donatello says, well, except maybe this one. And he turns his head and now he sees that there's one left. How did Donatello know that without turning his head? You know what I'm saying? It's not like he has eyes in the back of his head where he knew that there was still one left. It's not like he saw that, turned his head, talked to Leonardo, and then turned back. It just automatically there so again it's a nitpick it's not like it messes up the movie or messes up the plot line or anything like that it's just a nitpick but it always bothers me every time i see that scene uh let's see another cool thing is um when he says uh let me hurt him okay this is when kino shows up and the guys have just finished uh, they're getting ready to pack up and leave to go to their new home or find a place to live and kino knocks on the door so they all go hide 
and Raphael hides behind this closet looking thing where his foot's hanging out. Kino steps on it and Raphael's like, oh, let me hurt him. Please tell me I can hurt him. I really like that. It's it's really a different side of Raphael. Like, uh, he's kind of saying in a joking way, uh, not as serious as he would have in the first one. So I really, really dig that scene. It's really hilarious. Now, Kino um, being told the story of the turtles just like Splinter had to explain to April O'Neil in the first one. When he goes through the names, he's like Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, and Raphael. Michelangelo says, yeah, all the good ones end in an O. You know, I really like that scene. It's kind of funny. Uh, and that's when you get the whole flip scene. You know, 20, 10 flips now. He goes, uh, okay. And that's why, of course, they have to flip at the end because he's in trouble. But I really like that scene. I always thought that was funny. And every time I watch part one, I always think Michelangelo is going to say that, but I always forget it's in part two that Michelangelo says that. So uh, let's see. The scene where the guys are going into the sewer to, you know, before they find the abandoned subway, each guy saying bye to April. Michelangelo comes up. I think he's playing Cagney. I'm not sure, but he talks about how life is crazy, Lisa, in this world, and she starts laughing, and they pull him down. Uh, I don't know who he's playing, but I always love that scene. I always laugh hysterically. It's good times. Um, I really like when they're unpacking after they found their new place and Leonardo's like you know there's still stuff to help with Michelangelo and he slams the thing down on my on uh I think it's Michelangelo's toes and uh real real funny stuff so the turtle scene where the guys who are in the turtle suits are in the movie there's two of them that I found the first one is Michelangelo, where when you first see April O'Neil and she's going into an apartment, the guy's like, hey, you're April O'Neil, you're that news lady. That's Michelangelo. And then when April is in her news office and a guy says, hey, April, there's a guy on the phone for you. He says his name is Donnie. That's actually the guy in the Donatello suit. So I didn't find the other two guys, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, at least I was able to find two, even though I couldn't find all four. So what are you going to do? So let's see. Another cool thing that I really, really like is when Raphael is – I really like the scene when Raphael is helping Kino pass the test and he gets all the bells off in a couple of seconds. Really like that. Really shows you ninja skills. And when Raphael is being attacked by the foot – and he goes, hey, we were here looking for a muffin for a 77 Chevy. He has a really couple good lines like, get out of here or I'll kick your butt. You know, stuff like that. You know, pal, if I had a face like yours, I might want to make up with the, with the personality. Just lines like that. Raphael is like the new Michelangelo in this film. But he doesn't have the same pizzazz that Michelangelo has with the line delivery. But again... Raphael is super fun in this film. I really dig him. I'm so glad he's not angry like he was in the first film. Really helps make the film so much better. Now, of course, the diehard fans know that Raphael is supposed to be acting like that. He's supposed to kind of be a douche. But I, for the fact of how they're trying to change it to be more family-oriented kids, kids film, I really like how they change Raphael. If you want to see uh, a pissed-off Raphael, go watch the first one. And then watch TMNT, you know, that's which I'll get to that when I get to TMNT. But that's kind of, I really like how they're changing Raphael for this, for this part. So good times.
All right, another scene that I absolutely love is when they're trying to go rescue Raph, and they're like, that was easy. Yeah, a little too easy. They go, yeah, it's quiet. A little too quiet. He goes, ah, there's Raph. Yeah, a little too Raph. And then they hit Michelangelo in the back of the head. I love that scene. Real funny. Donatello's like, knock, knock. And the guys hit each other. and oh, Just really good uh, one-liners like that. Good stuff. So... The splinter scene where the guys are about ready to get crumbled by the big old spikes and Splinter gets the bow and arrow, knocks him down and says, Kawabunga. Love it. Yeah, mutual splitter, dude. Yeah. Boom. And they cross their arms. Love it. Good stuff. I Like I said, there's not a lot that I don't like about this film. It's just a really super fun time. Now, I do have another nitpick and this one is definitely... Very annoying. This is more so annoying than the um, than the Donatello computer scene. Is the fact that there's only one canister of ooze, and it says TGRI, and it's completely full. Which you see that it's full when the foot is able to steal the canister from the guys, and you can see that they use the ooze to create Toker and Razor when they're putting it through a tube, and then. Later on in the film, when Shredder shows the TGRI, I still have the last canister of ooze, shows it to the guys, and he does this twice. Once in the ring when they're going to fight Toker and Razor, and then also, um, no, I think it's, that's the scene. The canister is completely full. Now, I don't know if this is the fact of, you know, they when they make movies, they film them out of order. I don't know if no one caught that, but you would think that the canister should at least be half full, not, like, completely full, especially since you've already used almost half of it already to create Toker and Razor. That always irritates me every time I see that. Again, I know it's a nitpick, but it's still flipping annoying any way you put it. So, just saying. Um, I really dig the uh, I really dig the the dance stuff at the end. Now, of course, it's always good that uh, in any movie that you have choreography. I mean, what would a movie be if you had a dance number and the choreography sucked? But I just always find it amusing that every time there's a dance scene in the film, that everybody just happens to know all the moves at the right time. The turtles kind of make sense because they're brothers. This is what they do. They spend time together. I'm sure they'd have a dance number. So the whole ninja rap scene is amazing. And of course they replay like the same line over and over again. I'm not talking the chorus. I'm talking like, yo, it's the green machine going to rock the town without being seen. They play that like seven times throughout the scene. But hey, it works because the song's only like two minutes and 57 seconds. So they got to make that scene last six minutes. So the only way to do that is to repeat the song over and over. So uh, I really like when they're fighting Toker Razor and they're like, uh, you take the ugly one. I'll take the ugly one. Which one's the ugly one? Good stuff. So that's pretty much uh, my favorite parts and my nitpicks that I had of the film. Oh, one thing. Didn't you think that uh, Super Shredder kind of looked like Jason X? I don't know, man. After watching Jason X the other day and then watching Super Shredder, I was like, man, there's a lot of similarities to this guy and Jason X. That's just my opinion, though. But So overall, I would definitely say that uh, Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, is out of all the films, um, which, of course, I haven't got to TMNT and Turtles Forever yet. But let's just talk the, the three movies. 
of uh, of the live action, which I know I haven't talked part three yet, which I'm not looking forward to part three because the last time I saw part three, I thought it completely sucks. But I'm hoping the next time that I watch it for the show, my opinion's going to change. But part three was a huge letdown. But part two is definitely the funnest of the series. So we have part one, which is the best, which is the the dark, gritty close to the comic book you know you want to watch a comic book film you watch part one then we have part two which is family friendly uh super fun time um but overall though i mean if we're looking at it uh does it does the movie set out to do what it's meant to do it does it it excels at it from the as i told you that scene it tells you what kind of movie it's going to be and it completely works so is the again is the movie better than part one no is the movie funner than part one absolutely so overall um i think i gave part one like four four and a half stars i would definitely give part two the same um because of the fact of it may not be dark like part one but it's definitely the reason why people love turtles because they're fun loving super crazy just everybody wants to be a turtle you know, they always in the commercials when this movie came out would show people at the movie theater and they would all say, Man, I love being a turtle. This film definitely sets out to do what it does and that's to have you sit down and have a good time. So this movie is equally as good as number one. So I would give it the same rating that I gave number one. So which it's been a while since I did that, but I think I gave number one like four, four and a half stars. So I would definitely give number two that. Now number three, that's going to be another story. That movie at this point, I'm thinking it's a one, but I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to raise my score when I watch the film again. Because last time I saw it, I just said, "Oh, this movie is so bad." So, um, so that's it, guys, for the review of Turtles Two. Um, I told you I wanted to just kind of make it short, sweet, to the point. So. Let's go ahead and uh, let's take a quick break before we go ahead and get into emails. Earlier, I was talking about, I was joking about my wife and I are trying to have another kid. Well, we found out that we're uh, three months pregnant. My whole life flashed in front of me when I found out we were having a baby girl. With a boy, you, know, you don't worry as much, right? When you got a girl, you worry about everything, correct? He can see her taking her first steps at 16 years ago. See her getting ready for the first day of class, crying, I don't want to go. He can see her in the hometown paper with a perfect 4.0. Now he can see her boobs in the Girls Gone Wild video. <laughs> It was spring break, she was half-baked Daddy's little girl just a-shaking those things Shaking so hard, one flopped up and hit her in the nose One day when she's old and gray She could tell her grandkids when I was your age I was pretty stocked, they didn't always hang to the floor No, no, but daddy's little girl's in the girl's gone wild video Told her boyfriend back in Oklahoma She wouldn't kiss any guys in Daytona But one day after 15 Coronas She started making out with someone named Ramona <laughs> It was spring break and she was half-baked 
daddy's little girl just a swinging both ways. Grandma called just to tell him his daughter was a hoe. butt's gonna be embarrassing that little butterfly's gonna look like a pterodactyl oh, no, no. daddy's little girls in the girls gone wild video I love you guys I'm Tom May thanks a bunch see you next time back from the break so let's go ahead and get into the emails now uh, these emails of course are from the typical people so again thanks guys so much for always writing in um, I don't know what I'd do without you guys you guys are always good times you guys always help blow up the Facebook page it's always super fun to talk to you guys uh, if you have not liked the Sweep the Lake podcast Facebook page please do so uh, just go ahead type in Sweep the Lake podcast in Facebook and then you'll see the page just hit like that way I can see who all the fans are if you like to be on Twitter just type in STL podcast and follow me on Twitter and uh, it's good times so let's get to the first email we got John the mailman good times sir he says hey Mike it's John the mailman I hope all is good with you and family which uh, yeah wife uh, it's been a long, long couple of weeks, uh, having some problems at home. Um, wife's been pretty sick lately and, uh, had a lot of doctor visits and stuff like that. But today's her first day of going back to work. So hopefully things start getting better around here. So, uh, he said, also, I hope that you've had a good time at the concert, which, you know, I did. So hopefully you enjoyed my story. Hopefully it didn't bore you too much. Uh, he said, it's been a long time since I've seen TMNT 2, and I've always thought I liked it more than the first one. I was wrong. Maybe as a kid I did, but now part one is my favorite, which I totally agree with that statement, sir. Uh, as a kid, I enjoyed part two over part one, uh, but part one I enjoy now over part two. Uh, but, you know, it's, it just depends on my mood. If I want to watch a good comic book film, I'm going to watch part one. If I want to just have a good time with the kids, I'm going to throw in part two. So I completely agree with your statement there. He said, not to say I don't like two, it was a lot of fun and had me laughing a lot more than the first one. Right out of the gate, part two felt more PG. Everyone's eating pizza, all the bright lights, not a lot of weapons used, and vanilla ice. Definitely more PG than the first one. Toker and Razor were fun. Didn't really do any real fighting. And the Super Shutter was cool uh, looking. But I wanted a better fight and an end to him. Which I agree with that. You know, um, Shredder definitely didn't do any fighting really. Except at the end of Super Shredder. And that was just a couple punches and he was gone. Uh, but And again with the weapons. The guys never really used the weapons at all. Which I don't really have a problem with. You know, I get the whole reason behind it. But uh, I definitely hear you on that. He said, uh, some of my favorite parts. Donnie pushing the blow up doll and says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that scene. Good times. Mikey doing the 
backflips, but just clapping his hand. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. When, uh, you know, he gets in trouble for saying, all the good ones end in an O, and he has to do the backflips. Uh, after he actually gets busted by clapping his hands, he's like, 16, 17, 18... 19, you know, it's it's real funny. So I definitely dig that scene as well. Uh, at the Ninja Rap, uh, the whole fight and dance at the end, favorite quotes. Were you seen? Of course not, Master Splinter. We practiced the art of ninja. Of, uh, that's not what John says, but I'm just trying to remember the line. Uh, he said, uh, then hold up the newspaper. Uh, take the ugly one. No, you take the ugly one. I'll take the ugly one. Which one is the ugly one? Uh, their world will, the world, ah, this is what he says. And Splinter says, their world can never be ours. And Michelangelo says, not even pizza? Pizza's okay. And all of Michelangelo's one-liners, you want a pickle? I'll give you a pickle. Yeah, that scene's, that's, you know, in the beginning of the scene where uh, combat, cold cuts, that whole, that whole scene, good times. Keno was cool, but I miss Casey Jones. Yeah, I hear you there. Now, we do get Casey Jones in part three, so I'm hoping that's going to help make things a little better for me seeing him again. But you're right, I did actually miss Casey Jones uh, in this one. I think probably if Casey Jones was in this one, I think I may actually would have rated better than the first one. Uh, you know, I mean, I know I gave it the same rating, but I think... Uh, just for fun factor wise um, I think it would have made the film probably the half star better than the first one So, uh, Ego's uh, name let's see, Kino was cool but I miss Casey Jones, name my first dog after him, oh that's cool um, all in all a good watch I I can give it three out of three point five out of five, and part one of four point five. So basically, he just gives it one star less than part one, which is totally cool. I totally get that. Um, keep up the great work, and when you do take that break from the podcast, I hope you're still uh, be on the Facebook page because it's all good times on there. That's all for now. On to part three, John the Mailman. Consider this email delivered. P.S. I know you were loving the wax on scene. Yeah. Um, in regards to what you said about the little break, um, here's the thing. Um, the Facebook page, most definitely. I mean, as you guys know, if I'm not posting something every day, I'm at least posting something every other day. I definitely would not, if I took a break from the show, I would definitely not avoid the Facebook page whatsoever. You know, I, I'm trying to get that thing built up. I'm not trying to tear it down. And the whole break thing that I was talking about, it's more family related. Like if um, things don't work out a certain way, um, you know, for example, like if uh, my wife with health problems and stuff, if she couldn't work anymore for a couple of months, you know, I only record this show when my wife works. That's just because, you know, my wife and me, you know, I work from 6.30 to 3. She works 4 to 9. So seeing each other, I only get to see her, you know, when I leave in the morning, I give her a kiss. I come home for lunch. Well, I come home to pick up my daughter, take her to school, and then I see her at lunchtime. And then I don't see her until after 9 o'clock, and by then I'm going to bed at like 10. So that's why I never would record a podcast during our free time together because I get her like every other weekend uh, and that kind of thing. So that's kind of what I was talking about where I may have to take a break, but it would only be until like she would have to find until she found like a 
she got better and was able to get a, a new job and stuff. But I'm just hoping and praying everything works out, you know. And uh, so far, um, we'll see how it goes. In fact, um, I talked to you guys the other day about wanting to do like another podcast. Now, I can't give too much information at this point in time, but I can tell you this that uh, I'm definitely going to be doing another podcast. That's for sure. Um, probably in about another month or so, you're going to see a new podcast from me. Uh, what it's going to be about and all that fun stuff, that's going to be a secret. I'm not going to go into that. Uh, those details will be coming to you shortly. But I'll just say this, that Sweep the Leg is my number one priority. It's my number one podcast. The other podcast is going to be like a, a once a month kind of thing where uh, I'll be doing the show once a month. That's how that's going to be working. And uh, you'll dig it though. I, I, I hope so anyways. It's going to be a different format than what I'm doing here. But I think you guys will enjoy it. You're pretty, if, you, if you're, you know, based on past experience, if you liked that kind of format before on other podcasts, you're going to like the format of that show, of the show that I'm going to be doing. So I know it's kind of, I kind of have to go in a circle. I know I can't give too much information just because it's kind of a partnership thing that I'm doing. So we're just making sure everything got our I's crossed or T's crossed, I's dotted, that kind of thing. So more information will be coming to you, but I just want to let you know that I am in fact going to be doing another podcast. But that one is going to be uh, a once a month kind of thing versus this one is, you know, I try to do at least once a week, if not twice a week. So it's going to be good times. I'm very, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, so, yeah, let's just hope I don't have to take a break. But, you know, life gets in the way. That's just, that's just how it is. So thank you, sir. John the Mailman. Always appreciate hearing from you, sir. Always good times on Facebook. We always have a blast together. Uh, John from Philly, Sebastian, we all we all have a blast. Good times. All right. So we got Sebastian writes in. And here is what Sebastian has to say. He doesn't really like turtles too, too much. He says, hey, Micmac, host of Sweep the Ninja. Wrong title again. I recently saw Ninja Turtles 1 and 2. I thought part 1 was more serious than part 2, which this is a true statement, sir. And part 2, they make so many jokes and sometimes break the fourth wall. So we can even understand, so we can understand something, which uh, the only fourth wall scene I remember was the Michelangelo with the crunch any louder. I don't really remember any other fourth wall scenes, so you'll have to point that out to me in your next email. Uh, he says, I give Ninja Turtles uh, four stars and part two, 3.75 stars. So it sounds like he almost likes it just as much as part one, but definitely likes part one the best. So... What are you going to do? Sorry, that was my iPhone going off. I just got a new text message. So I guess I should put that down so you don't hear that anymore. Uh, he says, last week saw Puss in Boots in 3D. Uh, best Spanish accent ever for free with the movie pass mentioned on Flix and enjoyed it. So that's cool you saw Puss in Boots, sir. I, uh, I definitely love me some put, uh, Puss in Boots. Good times. All right, and my last email comes from John from Philly. Uh, good to hear from you, sir. He says, hello, sir. Yes, I have been slacking with emails, but you know life gets in the way. Kids sick, working too much, etc. Yeah, sir, I hear you on that one, man. And, you know, I was only giving you a hard time. It's just so I can get more emails in because I love to hear from you. But I wasn't giving you any crap in regards to you not emailing in like I was mad at you or anything like that. So I don't want you to ever think like that. You know, I definitely want to get as many emails in as possible, but... Dude, don't worry. I totally know everything about the whole life getting in the way and stuff. So it was just me joking around. Don't don't take it like I was mad because you weren't writing in or anything like that. So it's all good fun, my friend. Uh, he said, but of course, hearing you're rewatching the Turtles live action movies, I had to find time to email in. 
about Turtles 2. I admit I like the first one better than the second one. Looks like we're the Sweep the Lake Nation is all on the same page. The Turtles 1 is better than Turtles 2, but we all love Turtles 2 at the same time. That's pretty cool. Uh, he said, one got, uh, and this, okay, about Turtles 2, I admit the first one's better than the second one. Uh, the second one got a little silly, but I still enjoy this movie greatly. My two favorite parts are when they find their new home, such a cool place for the Turtles. Second, the end fight with the Ninja Rap song. This was my this was awesome my friend I just wish they took themselves a little more seriously just slightly it would have made it as awesome as the first one but I'm not complaining since I still rewatch this movie I can still watch this movie um, well, I'm not complaining since I will still rewatch this movie any day John from Philly sorry I, I can't read today I'm brain dead I guess I don't know but yeah um, it's we're all pretty much on the same page that part one is better than part two but we all love part two it's super fun we can watch it anytime uh, there's even if we got the more seriousness who knows maybe we really wouldn't like part two that much you know we don't we don't know but I'm glad we got the movie that we did so that is it for emails let's go ahead and get into the music spotlight all right, now for the music spotlight, you guys know you're going to get some Ninja Rap. I mean, there's no way that I cannot play Ninja Rap on a Ninja Turtles 2 review. It's kind of like The Crow. Me not playing The Crow music, yeah, it doesn't fly. Um, in the beginning, you guys heard the new the new version of Ninja Rap. You heard uh, Ninja Rap. Vanilla Ice calls it Ninja Rap 2. Uh, that was the same album that he remade, uh, Ice Ice Baby, that I played on an earlier show for you. Uh, I I cut that version down dramatically, just enough to fit for the intro. So if you want, to, if you want, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna play you uh, that as well. Um, it's a totally different than um, than the original, obviously. Um, he actually swears in that version, but obviously I'm going to post the, the non-swearing version to that song. Uh, but it's it's really cool when you hear the whole entire song. So, But the main song that we're going to play first, and then we'll play the Ninja Rap stuff after that. So if you want to hear it, stick around and listen to it. But this one's dedicated to my wife. And the reason for that is because uh, my wife, as I said, is a country girl. She went to the, to the Skillet show with me. So my wife, she likes... She likes tough chicks. That's my wife. That's my wife's favorite thing. She loves Underworld because Kate Beckinsale is the female kick butt, you know, person. She loves any movie that you have the main character as a female, like the Laura Croft movies, you know. She loves Angelina Jolie, you know, and, and I dig those films too. You know, I definitely love watching Empowered Women and stuff like that. But uh, with my wife being the country chick, she loves Miranda Lambert. Miranda Lambert is kind of the 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 badass of country music if you want to put it that way she's definitely the tough girl and uh there's one now i don't like country music okay um but you know my wife has definitely introduced me to there's always gold stuff in any genre of music there's going to be whether you like that genre or not there's going to be at least one song or one artist in that genre that you're probably going to find that you like now in country music um, I, I like Taylor Swift she's cool I played some of her stuff before I like Miranda Lambert you know the band pair I, I like the the more poppy country stuff the, the more stuff that you see on American Music Awards and that kind of thing I don't like the twangy stuff you know like uh, Scotty McCreary one from American Idol I, I don't really like that kind of stuff but Miranda Lambert's awesome she does this song called 
gunpowder and lead. It's about this dude that uh, basically beat her up and getting out of jail. And she goes home and she's going to grab her shotgun and she's going to shoot the dude. It's a real funny song. It's totally wrong, but I love wrong songs because they're funny, you know. And really, she wrote this song because of. uh, they took in this lady who had been abused and based on the stories that she was telling Miranda Lambert thought of writing this song kind of like a, a tribute to her kind of thing of course she didn't actually go out and kill this dude or anything but she's just like well if that's really what you'd want to do you know here's a song that I wrote for you kind of thing so the song's called Gunpowder and Lead check it out and the reason why instead of killing my wife is because she's like you know what you because I gotta sit through this you should do a country song on your show just for me and I was like you know what I'll do that so I picked her one of her favorites she, Miranda Lambert's her favorite and uh, this is my favorite of the Miranda Lambert stuff that she's played me that I dig the best uh, gunpowder and lead so here it is and then stick around for the classic ninja rap from the turtles 2 and then if you want more stick around after that for the new updated version of ninja rap called ninja rap 2 so that's it guys uh, I hope you enjoyed the show I will be back uh, next week um, before Thanksgiving to talk some Turtles 3 and then uh, and then we'll uh, I'll take it from there and let you know what's going to be happening in regards to the rest of the Turtles series with Christmas coming up and all that fun stuff so you guys take care here's gunpowder and lead you guys uh, have a good week and I will talk to you next week. Take care. I'm soon as out. County Road 233 Under my feet Nothing on this wide rock But a little old man I got two miles till He makes bed and if I'm right, we're headed straight for you. I'm going home, gonna load my shotgun, wait by the door and buy a cigarette. He wants a firewell, now he's got one. He ain't seen me crazy yet. Slap my face and shook me like a rag doll. Don't that sound like a real man? I wanna show him what a little girl's made of. Gunpowder and lead. Well, it's half past Another six pack in I can feel the rumble like a cold black wind It pulls in the drive Gravel flies He don't know what's waiting here this time Bye.
machine Gonna rock the town without being seen Have you ever seen a turtle get down? Slamming and jamming to the new swing sound Yeah, everybody let's move Vanilla is filled with a new jack groove Gonna rock and roll the place With the power of the ninja turtle face Iceman, you know I'm not playing Devastate the show what the turtles are saying Ninja, ninja, rap Baby, you don't know. 
show me some love. I got the mic on tight, like OJ wears his gloves. People come around, VIPs in the clowns. Juggalola, we're selling every place out when we rage at the gathering with ICP. Saying, the world, let's all live free. Yeah, I'm on a mission, I remain in the game. See, I do it for my rhymes, you can fuck the fame. Cause I cater to my crew once it pull me through. The blacks, Puerto Ricans, and the white people too. All you haters, I kick you, hmm, like Bruce Lee. Got my foot up in that ass so far you can't see. Come on and join, pants sag to my loin. Just a ninja rap, baby. Hmm, now what you know about that? Time, dropping the dime when I rhyme Unstoppable, always keep going for mind I jump them hurdles like Carl Lewis Giving sight to the blind You can see, I always fight back adversity I never be what MTV wanted me to be Now I'm free, free from disease of the industry You could never understand what it's like to be outcasted Now I live in the underground, blasted Dark side soldier, hating people who were plastic Like Bill Clinton, you never inhaled Messing around with Monica and polished up his What? 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 What?